Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the things we want to talk about and not talk about the other things. Let's talk about the things we don't want to think about, but we'll talk about them in a fun, fun way. Hi, welcome. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I am him, the Nick Flanagan of the weekly title. Uh, W-E-A-K-L-Y. That's going to come more on that later. That's my newest pet peeve is... I'm very sad to say I've watched a few more of these amateur detective YouTube videos or just YouTube videos in general that are explaining situations and people will bring up a person and then go more on him later. And then like, you know, they're like, we've got juice. We've got juice on this person. Serious juice. Get ready to hear the juice. And then lots of the time when they say more on them later, it's just like they read someone's Wikipedia about 30 seconds later. It's what they call a teaser within the video you're already watching. Clickbait, watch bait. And I don't like it. Hi, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. I, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. It's a Thursday night. I have my interview podcast with Don Pyle almost ready. But I do I have faith to have it out before the weekend? Not completely. So I thought just in case I would put out... A little message in a bottle from me, message in a um, zip file, message in a uh, MP3 to let you know, hey, I'm here. I'm doing things. I was out. I've been out this week, out and about. I was even at Inside Out, which is a festival, LGBTQ plus festival in Toronto. I saw my friend Kevin Heggies. Um, a documentary he made with a few other people I know, Game Theory Films, my friend Hillary works there, and um, Brian Robertson is someone who helped produce it, and he worked on the movies Diamond Tongues and Sundowners that I was in. So it was this family affair. I got to go to the TIFF Theater, watch this thing. It was a really nice time, um, a really interesting story about a, the New Romantic movement, but not the ro- New Romantic movement. As in the London world of artists and forward-thinking fashion people and queer people who created the scene that eventually led to the New Romantic movement. Boy George was part of it, but a lot of the other people, I don't know, I didn't hear anything about Spandau Ballet, didn't hear anything about, I don't even know if Adam Ant was New Romantic, I don't, I don't know what anything is. And it isn't really a music documentary so much as an art and fashion documentary interviewing a lot of the people who were around at that time, Tramps, that's the name of it, and it's really good, I hope you get a chance to see it, it's kind of a, a connective documentary, Tramps, uh, because it, it links the stories of, of punk in the UK with kind of a more gay and uh, aesthetic uh, oriented, as in appearance oriented, performance oriented, performance art oriented, scene and that leads directly into a lot of what was going on in the 1980s and it's a scene that someone like Susie Sue was was somewhat connected to and it's just a really good documentary and it would go well I'm sure with uh, my buddy's Bill documentary my buddy Bill's documentary on uh, Don Letts 
which uh, hopefully you can see somewhere too. So there's lots of good documentaries, and Kevin is a longtime friend of me and, and many people, so a lot of really neat folk came out to watch it, whether it was uh, Brian Taylor, a Toronto scene stalwart record store clerk, and Bruce LaBruce, a really great director and uh, thinker <laughs> in Toronto. He was there, and, and uh, I went to an, a, a, an after thing in my neighborhood, and I, I just saw a lot of people two days ago. And I, frankly, I'm still in recovery mode from all these high-level human beings having been in my life. And I realized, I don't know if it's age. I have a feeling it's always been this way. But once I get past, you know, four people I haven't seen in a while being in the same room, I don't really know what to do. And I'm kind of like, get, get, get me out of here. But I don't, it's not that I don't like it. It's I'm just overwhelmed. That's happened at some of these, uh, unfortunately, these like memorial events. It's happened all over. But uh, suffice it to say, I was happy to see people, and I'm understanding that I am still in resocialization mode. I'm still getting there. Are you? Tell me about your first experiences going out in the wild post-COVID lockdown if you live somewhere where there was a social retraction during the period uh, of this pandemic. I have a feeling you did live in one of those places because there's very few places where that weren't. But Texas, Florida, maybe have people listening there. Anyway, going back into the wild, the social wilds, how has it been for you? Let me know. Weeklypodcast.gmail.com or, you know, message me at all the places I am on social media. So that was a big thing, doing the door still for shows. Um, Spike... Praxis? Is that the name of the band? God, I wish I could remember the name. They were great. I actually mentioned them on the last thing, the last show I did. And just seen a lot of music, seen a lot of people, listened to tracks. My mom was going on about a Velvet Underground song she likes that Mo Tucker sings called After Hours. So I'm going to check that out as soon as I'm done this. And my apartment is just an ever. It's a work in progress. Right now I'm looking down. There's some game. It's Kung Fu Panda the Game for Xbox 360. Why do I have it? I don't know. Have I ever seen the movie Kung Fu Panda? No. Have I ever seen... Have I ever played the game Kung Fu Panda for Xbox 360? No. And I may never play it. So so why is it here? I don't know. Because I haven't been able to sit down and go on eBay. And like, shit's getting real for me on eBay. There's a point with eBay where you start posting enough stuff that, like, you get the trouble spots. And I've had a couple trouble spots. A couple things where someone opened a case because something hadn't arrived. And shock, and I was just like, what do I do? Am I going to lose money? And they take away your money anyway, eBay. You got to price things way high because, you know, they're going to, eBay is going to take evil bay. That's what they should call it. Not my bay. You know, BAE stands for before all else. I don't know if you knew that, but that's what it stands for. And eBay ain't my before all else. eBay is my lay. Last after everything. It's the last thing I want to deal with. But luckily, 
these situations did result in me not uh, losing money, particularly. So that's good. However, it was a tight situation there for a minute. Anxiety. So much anxiety. People around me. Health issues. Work issues. The whole schlemiel. And I accept that. And that's okay. It's happening to everyone. This is all I can think about. Is it's happening to everyone. We're still alive. We're still kicking. I got more comedy shows coming up. Had a very exciting discussion with my friend about a possible series of shows around the country and maybe someday the world. That would be so awesome. Got a lot of good responses to my David uh, Berman poem I read last week. Appreciated that. Found an old book of my dad's. That's what I've been doing. I go to my mom's. And I think my dad put out, he put out quite a few books of collections of poetry, actually. Like at least six or seven, probably as much as eight or nine. And I'm going home and I'm taking a picture of like one book and I'm posting a picture of that and the poem from it on my Instagram. And frankly, it feels good. I was, I took a picture of his book, Body, today, which is, was his first book. My father's name was Robert Flanagan. And I, uh, his book has this, like, picture on the back. And no offense to my dad, he's, like, 24 in this picture. A guy looks like you could have said he was 96. Well, no, that's very insulting to the memory of my father. But honestly, he looks very mature, very tired. Does not have any of the embarrassing fashion that I feel I sometimes reflected in, in pictures of me at 24. I had like too many sideburns. Not to say I had like an extra sideburn where we should only have two parts where there's sideburns. I just mean the sideburns I had, they, made, they were kind of like, you know, half triangles. It, it just wasn't a good situation. Guy looks very cool. He looks like he could look, his hair is really long, but it could be 30, could be 40. Could be 20. He wrote all these amazing poems between the ages of like 19 and 23. And then, of course, he kept writing poems, but those early poems have something that I think in, in the creative world of people who are sort of, what we call it, like figuring it out for themselves rather than necessarily doing something that involves a lot of training. Um... Harnessing that on any level, I think, creates like an energy in your work that is so contagious. That's probably why, you know, uh, hip hop nowadays, which is done by very young people most of the time, uh, is so infectious with people because it's it's people kind of harnessing their talent and putting it out there. And uh, I, I think that's really cool. And I, you know... Not to say it was talent, but when I would write lyrics and also sing in bands when I was a teenager and and into my tw early 20s, it felt so amazing. I mean, it really felt like nothing I'd ever done before, nothing I'd ever felt before, where I was controlling an audience, making them happy, making myself happy, 
getting out some sort of cathartic energy that I wouldn't even define as happiness or sadness. It's like a, just a force, you know? Throwing some magnets out into the world. And there's something to the idea of like writing words and then like throwing them out. And the first time you realize you can do that, it just is an amazing feeling. And, and I think that a lot of our favorite things have that, if they're early in people's careers, sometimes the work when you rev revisit it isn't as strong as other stuff people do. But the immediacy of it, like the first time, get ready for a cliche mention. The first time I heard the acoustic Bob Dylan albums, like his first few albums, I was like, oh my God, it feels like I'm in the room with this person. And it's so aggressive in a way, but it, it's folk music. I haven't heard anything like that. And doing comedy for the first time, I'd already been so jokey being in bands, but it still felt so... I just was stoked to be doing it in a different way and I th then, then I felt like others were doing it. I think there were a lot of people doing it in the same way. But I felt like it was also special. But I managed, if people were convinced of that, then it actually seemed, I think they were caught up in that and they liked it more than, they liked it more because I liked it. Remember the first time I saw that movie Rushmore? I think it's the same deal. It's like, I hadn't seen something like that before. So I couldn't say it was good or bad. It was just so different and I thought so cool. So if you're out there and you're like, I'm, I gotta put, if you're a ute listening to this, do the thing. You're gonna feel so good. People might like it because they will feel that you feel like it's so good. Even going back to even giving back to this movie with Kevin that he made, it took him like almost ten years to make this documentary, and it is so right for him. Like every choice is his own. He thought it through extremely, and and that comes out in in the product. And I, you know maybe that's something when we get older that we have that we don't have when we're younger doing things. It's just a certain ability to think through what it is we're doing uh, with a bit more clarity because we know what we could do in the past and that means for the future, uh, for, for what we're doing now, that's something in the toolbox, but there's more we can do. And what's so ironic, of course, is I'm talking about this. I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just saying ideas and words I'm not spitting out hundreds of jokes. I'm not going to edit this podcast. So maybe this, maybe I'm in the infancy stage of this project. Just excited to be hearing my voice. And you're like, oh, I'm excited because Nick's excited to hear his voice. If you have that feeling of excitement, turn it towards your own project. Make a thing. I always had that. You know, I haven't been the most visible stand-up comedian in my life, but in, within Toronto, at least, I had a lot of people who saw me and were like, you're the first comedian I saw. And sometimes those people became comedians. And 
you know, in retrospect, comedy having destroyed society, I don't know how I should feel about this. But I mean, part of me is ha very happy to inspire anyone. Right? Nobody said right, but that's because this uh, is just me talking into a microphone. So I couldn't really get a response. But if you do want to respond right, just write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, www.kofi.com slash Nick Flanagan, ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Got lots of fun stuff coming out. Shows galore. I'll be posting those on the socials. And maybe I'm wrong. Hole is playing June 10th at Baby G in Toronto. And I'm, you know, really trying to project my thoughts so hard that they appear and draw in the uh, lines of the constellations. So I'm hoping that sometime over the summer you look up and the various constellations of the world will have um, sort of childlike illustrations done by me. And that will be my gift to you. If it's your birthday, it'll be good timing. If not, it's just a gift. Have a great Leo season, folks. I'll leave you be for now, but remember, don't throw away coupons. Check if they're expired first. If they're not expired, find a way to use them. again weekly oh, man. Nick Flanagan